0: Well, welcome everybody to Velocity. We are so glad to have you as our guest this morning, especially if you are just joining us for the first time. We want you to know that this is for everyone. I'm glad to be here with you today, even if it is virtually. I love seeing you engage in the chat and hearing stories about your friends and family that are tuning in with you. And even though I miss all of you so much and can't wait to be back with you in person, I want you to know that every week, we are continuing to grow and see new people come to know Jesus. It's honestly a really exciting time to see how God is using this to reach new people in new ways. It's been a good week for me because I had the chance to jump in with so many of you online in your groups, and it was just everything I needed to see your faces and talk to you about what's going on in your life. And just know that if I haven't talked to you yet personally, I'm thinking about you, and I'm praying for you. And even those of you who are new, I might not have met you yet, but I see your names and I hear your stories and I'm praying for you. That's why it matters to us that you fill out the connection card. I know it's a small thing, but it helps us as a church serve you better during this time. So whether you've been part of Velocity for a while or you're brand new, go ahead and fill out that connection card right now. If you are new, I'd love to have someone from our team just reach out to you, send you a note, and have you personally let us know how we can pray for you. And while I know many of you are finding us for the first time here in Lawrence, I also wanna acknowledge those of you who are joining us from all over the country right now, even all over the world. I don't know what brought you here today. Maybe it was a Google search, maybe you saw something on social media, or maybe you were invited by a friend or a family member. Whatever it is that brought you here, I want you to know that we want to be your local church. We've created ways for you to engage and be involved right now. So if you wanna join in a group or serve as part of our online team, you can do that right now. We're so glad to have you with us. Now you might not know this, but today is a special Sunday. This is Palm Sunday. Now Palm Sunday is the Sunday that comes before Easter. And it's a day where we reflect on Jesus' entry into Jerusalem as we approach Easter. Now, I know it's hard to believe that Easter Sunday is next Sunday. With everything going on, I don't know about you, but my internal calendar and rhythm is completely out of whack. But because next Sunday is Easter Sunday, I want to use today to get us in that mindset and really speak to what you're going through right now. Which, by the way, I just have to tell you, I'm super excited about Easter. We're going to do something that no church has ever done before, and I think you are going to love it. We're calling this Easter, See and Believe. Now, in the passage that I want to read to you today, there's a lot of historical and prophetic significance, but there's also a lot of practical application. This is the triumphant entry where Jesus began the proceedings of Holy Week by riding into the city of Jerusalem. Now, up until this point, the ministry of Jesus had been relatively private. People had heard about Jesus because it's hard to keep quiet when you heal someone and they tell everybody about it. But this is where Jesus is now presenting himself publicly to accomplish the work that God has called him to do. What makes this moment interesting is because there were times in the past that they wanted to make him king, but he rejected it. Now, though, he's going to allow them to shout out their affirmations. So let me read to you the passage. It's found in Mark chapter 11. It begins by saying this, that as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say this, the Lord needs it and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? And they answered as Jesus had told them to. And the people let them go. Now, I love this scripture for lots of reasons. One reason is because the first sermon that I ever preached actually came from this text. Don't worry, I'm not going to re-preach that one. It's definitely not on my greatest hits list, but I like it because it's a scripture about fulfilling purpose. You see, in this moment, Jesus is fulfilling prophecy that was spoken about him. It was a dramatic moment. It was a powerful moment. It was like a coronation of all of the people's hopes and dreams being fulfilled right in this moment. But it started in an interesting way. It started with an instruction, and really a rather odd instruction at that. See, Jesus gets close to the city of Jerusalem where he's about to make his triumphal entry, and he stops on the outskirts of the city and tells two of his disciples, hey, you can keep going look, I've got a job for you to do. There's something waiting for you when you get there. I need you to do what I'm asking you to do because it's important to my purpose. I'm going to stop here for a minute, but you can keep going. I want to speak to you over the next few moments from this subject. You can keep going. That's the title of my sermon, if you want to write it down. Now, I wonder... What it would have been like for these two disciples to hear this. Because, I mean, Jesus asked them to do something that made very little sense. I mean, in case you missed it, Jesus asked them to go get a donkey, or technically, he asked them to go get a colt. So, in other words, it was a young donkey. And he says, I want you to bring it back for me, no questions asked, just because he needed it. Now, you got to admit, I mean, this looks kind of sketchy on the surface essentially he's asking them or essentially it just seems like they're just supposed to take someone's donkey that they find. Not only that, this is supposed to be a colt that no one has ever ridden on before. I mean this is a strange request and then in the next verse someone actually stops them and asks them about it. It says in verse 4 that they went and found a colt outside in the street tied at a doorway and as they untied it some people standing there asked what are you doing untying this colt i mean that seems like a fair question to me but they answered just as jesus had told them to and the people let them go in other words they said hey it's fine you can keep going now one thing you have to understand is that following god doesn't always make sense because god doesn't always explain his reasons I think the greatest lesson I've learned in leading our church is that God doesn't always need me to fully understand to completely obey because God has his reasons. Rest assured of that, even if you can't see them. Now, I might not always know them, but God's purpose is being fulfilled. In fact, John tells this story a little different in his gospel. When he writes about this event, he tells it this way. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Verse 16 says, At first his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. You see, sometimes God is doing things that you don't understand. And sometimes God is asking things from you in one season, that you don't understand until the next season. And the reason you can keep going now is because there is a reason in this season. Let me say that again. There is a reason in this season. Now, no, I didn't get confused. This isn't a Christmas message. We're still on Palm Sunday. But you need to know that there is a reason in this season. Now, let me tell you what I don't mean by that. I don't mean that God is behind this and COVID-19 is His plan. I don't believe that at all. Look, God is a good God, and there are all sorts of bad things that happen in the world that have nothing to do with God. What I am saying is that even in the middle of a lot of difficulty, even in the middle of a lot of disruption, even in the middle of a lot of chaos and confusion and things that you don't understand, you can keep going when you don't know the reason. Now, the disciples didn't know Jesus' reason. They didn't understand that until afterwards, They just knew their reason. And you see it in verse 6. It says, They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. They didn't know why Jesus wanted the young donkey, but they did know Jesus had told them, and that was enough. And you have to get that in your heart if you're going to be a follower of Jesus. I'm talking about a simple obedience that leads to supernatural miracles. Look, there were probably lots of ways Jesus could have come in on a colt, but he wanted to give an instruction so that the disciples might learn a lesson. So when I talk about knowing the reason, I just wanna ask you, what are the instructions God has given you? Maybe the instruction God has given you is that you need to learn to rest. You've been working so hard, you're striving and struggling, Now things are shutting down, but you are more active than ever, and God would say to you, I want you to rest. Maybe the instruction God has given you is to trust. You've been asking God to help draw you closer to Him. You've prayed that your faith would grow, and now God has given you an opportunity to trust Him in this season. Maybe the instruction God has given you is to pray. Previously, you felt like you've never had time to pray or read the Bible or do your devotion the way you wanted, but now you can Now you can schedule your time with God in your day like you couldn't before. Maybe what God is calling you to do is stretch. Maybe this is a season to grow and improve, to tackle projects you've left dormant for far too long. Maybe God is speaking to you about some new ambitions that are coming alive in your heart right now. Whatever those are, and whatever the instruction, I want to encourage you that you can keep going. You can keep going when you know the reason for the season you're in. So what's your reason? What's the instruction that God has given you? You know, the reason Jesus could keep going was because he knew his reason. Over and over again, you see him say things like, I have to be about my father's business. He was living with purpose and living with intention about the mission that was before him think about hebrews 12 it puts it this way it says that for the joy set before him jesus endured the cross scorning its shame now the cross was not an enjoyable event it was on the cross that jesus suffered it was on the cross he took upon himself our sin because of that he was judged and separated from the father there was nothing enjoyable about the cross and yet because Jesus knew the purpose in front of him he could keep going during the pain and you can keep going if you know the reason I want to encourage you don't let the things you don't understand become the barrier to your blessings don't let the things that are confusing keep you from carrying out your calling you can keep going with a reason in this season But the second thing i want to tell you is that you can keep going because there is grace for this place there is grace for this place now bethphage this place that the disciples are going is not a significant place in scripture its only significance is that it is mentioned right here other than that there is nothing historically noteworthy or remarkable about it but the thing that i've often found is that before God moves us forward into his purpose, he's normally had us in a place, and that place is not a place of prominence. Most often it tends to be a place of obscurity. Sometimes that place can feel like loneliness. Sometimes it can feel like a place of hardship. Sometimes it might feel like a place of pain it's that place where you feel like you've lost momentum a place where you feel like nothing is happening a place where you're almost ready to give up maybe for you that place is marked by waiting maybe for you you feel forsaken maybe you feel isolated or forgotten about and maybe you feel like that's you today your relationship with god looks more like a barren dry land than the promised land that you know you're supposed to be in and maybe you've had powerful times with god in the past but right now you feel stuck in a place of no momentum i want you to notice that jesus said to them i want you to go and then come back go and come back you know there's nothing worse than working hard and not feeling like you're making any progress i don't know how hard this journey was i mean i've been to the mount of olives outside of jerusalem it definitely would have been a steep hike And so it seems like a lot of work only to come back to the same place that they started. But I want to suggest to you that sometimes the back and forth is exactly where you're supposed to be. You see, the back and forth wasn't pointless. It was actually progress. It was progress because it was obedience. But if a lot of us were given the instruction, hey, I want you to keep going ahead, but then you're going to wind right back up here later, Most of us will say, ah, no thanks, I'm good where I'm at. I think I'll save myself the effort and stay right here. And a lot of us miss the opportunity in front of us because the instruction we're given seems beneath us. Man, why should I bother putting effort into these online classes? Why should I join a group when I'm just gonna be staring at a screen? You know, why should I give my best effort when I'm working from home and nobody even notices anyway? You know, it might not seem like it matters, but I want you to know there is grace for this place. The work you do here is progress. What Jesus asked the disciples to do wasn't glamorous. It wasn't even the calling that God had put on their life. I mean, these guys were used to seeing miracles take place, people being healed, food being multiplied, dead people being raised. It doesn't make sense to be sending them out on some random donkey hunting mission, but they were faithful with the task that was available. And part of experiencing the fullness of what God has for you begins with humbling yourself in the place that you're in. And I know maybe I'm reading a little bit into the text, but I couldn't help but notice how it says, the colt was tied to a house. And I wonder if maybe the grace for the place you're in is that God wants to set some things loose in your life for the glory of God. Now, this couldn't have been easy. I'm sure they had every opportunity to be offended. I'm sure they thought they, there were way better ways that they could be spending their time. I'm sure it felt meaningless to them. But I think they understood that as long as they stayed connected to the one who they decided to follow in the first place, there was a grace that was available to them. So I want to encourage you, every time you're faithful in something small, God is saying, see, there is someone I can use. Every time you make a decision to praise God instead of complain, He's saying, see, there's a person I can use. Every time you say no in the face of fear and temptation, He is saying, see, that's a person that I can use. You've got to get to the place where He can do what He wants to do in you so that he can do what he wants to do through you. Now, there's one more thing I want to tell you, and that's that you can keep going because there's power for this hour. You see, there were such large crowds when Jesus came riding into Jerusalem that we probably can't even imagine them. Now, in case you've forgotten what a crowd is, it's when there's a bunch of people in one place not practicing social distancing. So these people were pressed shoulder to shoulder, There were hundreds of thousands of Jews who'd come from all over to celebrate and commemorate Passover, which is the feast remembering when God brought his people out of Egyptian slavery, out of bondage. This was a momentous time, and they didn't want the time to end. You can probably think of times in your own life when there was such ecstasy in the crowd. Maybe it was a concert or a sports event that you didn't want the time to end. You you wanted it to keep going. And so they said something that I want you to draw your attention to. They were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means save now. In other words, God, do what you came to do. Now that sounds great, but what so many of them meant wasn't Jesus save us from our sin, it was save us from our suffering. You see, the Jews were under Roman occupation their way of life had been disrupted. They didn't have the liberties and conveniences they once had, and so they were longing for a day when they could return to a life of freedom. So that's what they were hoping for. Now, Jesus did come to save them, so it was appropriate what they were saying, but he didn't come to save them the way that they thought. And I bring that up because in our lives, we often say the right things, and we pray certain prayers that sound good on the surface. But at the heart of what we're doing i wonder if we're really just trying to use jesus to accomplish our purposes instead of asking him to use us for his you see if they would have had a different perspective they would have understood that there was a power for this hour they could have experienced the thing that would set them free from the real oppression in their soul now i want to read to you the next verse I didn't read it initially but it's important to our text because it says this in verse 11 that Jesus entered Jerusalem went into the temple and when he had looked around at everything as the hour was now late he went out to Bethany with the twelve and what I want to tell you is that it's not too late you might not have done everything right maybe you've made some mistakes maybe You're reaping the consequences of bad decisions. Maybe you even feel guilty about turning to God now simply because you're feeling fear. Can I tell you, it's not too late. There is power in this hour. Even though the hour's late, it's not too late. Jesus can still save now. And he will if you call out to him. Look, there is something happening when you think nothing is happening. There is always more going on than what you can see. God's ways don't always make sense, but He is for you. And He is working on your behalf. He wants to develop your character. He wants to build some things in you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He knows exactly where you're at. And even when you're faithless, He remains faithful. It is not too late. There is power in this hour. Call out to Him and He will save now. I don't know what made you tune in today, but I believe that God brought you to this message because he wants to work in your life. And I want to give two invitations. Maybe some of you, the message that you need to hear is that you can keep going. Regardless of how things look, you can keep going because there is a reason in this season. There is a purpose he's working out right now. There is a grace in this place. There is a grace for what you're going through and where you're at. And I know it seems overwhelming, but there's a grace for it. And there's a power in this hour. There is a power that's available to you. If you want prayer, it would do me no greater pleasure than to pray with you right now. We have prayer hosts available that would love to pray with you, but I'm going to say a general prayer. And if you would just right where you're at, bow your head, I want to say a prayer for you. God, you know exactly where the people are at on the other side of the screen. You know what they're going through. You know what they're facing. You know their thoughts. You know the things that they're dealing with. And God, I pray that you would bring help, that you would bring healing, that you would bring strength, that you would bring grace, that you would bring power to them right now so that they can keep going in what you've called them to do. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as we're still praying, I want to give one more invitation. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus as the Lord of your life. He wants to save you right now. In fact, that's the reason that He came. He died on the cross for your sins so that you could come into right relationship with Him. If you would like to make the decision to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to lead you in a prayer. And at our church, nobody prays alone. As you're praying this, know that there are thousands of people praying this with you right now. So if you want to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, say these words after me. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge my need for you. I believe in what you did for me. How you died on the cross, my sin. I ask that you would come into my life. Make me new. I receive it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, that is the best decision you can make. Velocity, would you go crazy in the chat give people some love let them know you're excited for that decision